Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, Head Football Coach at Wauwatosis High School and past President of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-hosts, Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA region rep, and Paul Novinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Tom, we missed you last week. How were parent-teacher conferences? They were, they were great. Um, not super busy with the spring ones, but uh, one of those obligations that you need to make sure you take care of. And I figured being on a podcast when I was supposed to be on a teacher conference probably wasn't going to look good from an admin perspective. Nor from your wife's perspective, because she uh, she scheduled your kids' parent-teacher conferences after yours, right? That, that's correct. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we and we go till about eight thirty with our conferences, so they were uh, they go late into the night. So yeah, we were we were getting done late last week, but we got well, Friday off, so that was good. Well, good for you, and and welcome back. And Paul, let me guess, it's snowing again in Mosinee. We we got about 15 inches, and we're supposed to get another maybe 12 inches this weekend. But I'm actually heading down to Madison to watch the, the state basketball tournament. So it's always fun. I got a buddy that head coaches at Nina, and his kid is playing. So it's always a fun time. Well, enjoy yourself. I love the state basketball tournament. I've been there many times, and, and I, I just know the excitement that's inside the Kohl Center is, is great to see. Hey, gentlemen, we have spent a considerable amount of time looking at conference realignment. We've looked at the WFCA-led football-only conference initiative from 2019. We talked to Melissa Gehring from the WIAA, who expertly explained the WIAA-led conference realignment task force process. The last podcast featured Pewaukee head coach Justin Frisky, whose school rather surprisingly and controversially, was put into the Classic 8 for 2024 and 2025. And that is three different uh, viewpoints of the same topic. I encourage anyone who hasn't listened to those podcasts to do so. Tonight, we have a fourth viewpoint of conference realignment, and that is from a school administrator's point of view. Joining us is Justin Marion, Athletic Director at West Dallas Central. Justin spearheaded a group of athletic directors from Southeast Wisconsin, all of whom had different reasons for being interested in this cycle of conference realignment. Justin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Justin, everything we've covered about conference realignment has been about the process, the process looked at from different perspectives. Justin, when I look at uh, the process that you and the other athletic directors took when taking on this cycle of conference realignment, it was very well thought out and impressive. Now, I have to ask you my first question, how were your emails accepted with your name on it so prominently? Were you labeled a heretic by some? Uh, I don't know what, uh, maybe a, a nuisance or, uh, <laughs> or thorough, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, it, it was part of the process and it really required the opportunity for feedback from a large number of stakeholders and just being engaged. Uh, it, it's really been a four-year process for us at West Dell Central and trying to seek realignment. So we knew, um, it was very important to, to, to give reminders and to try and provide the opportunity for schools to give feedback. 
Um, so ultimately, our, our job was facilitating information to share with the realignment committee so they could make a decision um, with the, the task force that they had and the items at, at, uh, at their hands. I've been told by athletic directors who have done this previously, but I, just, your, just your feelings on the Area 7 fall meeting where you got up and you addressed this. What was that like? I've been told it can be kind of intimidating. Well, I, I, previously, uh, and probably even before my time as an athletic director, I think schools had to stand up and say that they were looking for realignment, and the WI would kind of make a note. I think even Melissa mentioned that in your prior podcast. But at this one, uh, it wasn't really intimidating. I, I've been in the room. I know a lot of the, the peers and colleagues, so it was really um, just trying to, to generate interest on the topic and to invite those to collaborate on the topic so that we could really look at a solution. Um, as best as possible, understanding that not everyone was going to be happy, um, that um, anyone who was interested in talking on football would, would would get together and get in a room and, and and put some things together. So that's really all it was. It was an, it was an invite um, for those schools that wanted to participate. And we saw uh, upwards of 10 schools kind of join in. And as the process played out, it required, uh, you know, each each school has their own viewpoints. It required some different things. Some plans were similar, some were different. Um, but ultimately, those that wanted to submit, submit. Paul? Hey, Justin, when you started this process, what was your main goal or focus that either you or the group, and maybe it, it morphed into something as the group met, but what would you say would be your, your underlying main focus? I think in administrative circles, we knew that that programs were, were certainly not having success and struggling to find numbers. Um, it was it was public that West Dell Central canceled their varsity football season in the fall of 2021. Um, so we were at a, a, a dire state. We had 35, 40 kids in the program, with most of them being ninth and 10th graders going into a greater Metro conference that's highly respected in the conference. So we had to make the difficult decision in that year um, that it didn't make sense to pull a bunch of ninth and 10th graders up the field of varsity team. Um, so trying to build from that and continue to build upper class numbers and grow is really where West Dell Central's perspective was in trying to seek a more like-minded group. Um, just recently, the WI had moved us in all sports out of the greater Metro to the Woodland, which we felt was a better fit. And we still have work to do in that Woodland group back in the day and, and even today. Um, but going into the football-only grouping, the WFCA placed us back as their two main criteria were geography and enrollment. Um, it didn't look at some of the other factors that, that maybe put us in a, in a different situation with like schools. Justin, do you want to just mention, you know, some of the things besides, okay, you know, so geography and enrollment was certainly a part of the 2019 initiative. And uh, demographically, um, West Dallas Central doesn't necessarily match with other schools in the greater Metro Conference. So what are some of the demographics that just weren't looked at that in your mind should have been looked at at that time? You know, I, I think uh, socioeconomical status, the number of resources a community has, uh, you know, both in support systems and, and in dollars, I, I think plays a big role. Um, our, our resources are, are different than others. And, and you know what, there are certain areas where that makes it uh, an opportunity for us to celebrate those differences. And there are other opportunities where it is a little bit of a hurdle that we have to overcome. So trying to look at the big picture of what the 
student population and school population is and what that means and how do we find um, a, a grouping really. To me, these are football only groupings, not necessarily conferences, but how do we find a grouping that is uh, similar? You know, and you mentioned um, that not not every school that joined your Area 7 meeting um, or after the Area 7 meeting, when you first initially discussed this with athletic directors, not all the schools were in this discussion for the same reasons. Without naming any schools, um, what were some of the other reasons why athletic directors chose to talk about this cycle of conference realignments? There were, there were a number, there were a couple of schools that didn't have a home. They were independent. So they needed to have a football only grouping. And part of the realignment um, task force from the WIA level was that all football programs that were uh, full member standings would find a home. So something had to be done. Really status quo at the end of the day couldn't occur because there were a number of independents that needed to find a home. And, and uh, the committee indicated that they were looking for mostly eights and they would consider paired sevens. And even at times we were in discussions about paired sixes, but it really came down to paired sevens or eights. And then there were some schools that were looking to match what they can offer. Um, a lot of schools talked about, you know, the, the, the depth of their program, and the number of levels they have and other schools in their, in their conferences not having um, those program levels. And I, and I think one of the things the committee did look at is what, at least this is anecdotally to me, it hasn't been shared, but I have to imagine is the number of levels that a program can offer, um, even if it was a, a minute scale, I think it was something considered or discussed. Paul? Uh, Justin, how many times did you meet and was there a focus for each meeting? Like, obviously you're talking about a lot of schools with a lot of variety of problems that they wanted solved and they're trying to be proactive. Did you have certain specific times? Okay, we're going to talk about this at this time, or was it just always we're just talking in general? Yeah, so I think initially we met via Zoom, um, and we had a wide stakeholder group, and we kind of all, you know, what what is the goal? What are you looking for? What's your hopes? What's your dreams? Um, that was kind of our first meeting. Uh, and then we kind of went to a smaller meeting. In fact, we invited a, a few schools um, that weren't really a part of that group that necessarily was looking for change, but might um be involved in at least brainstorming what some of these groupings could look like in a different setting and we met in person and did that and then uh, a lot of emails back and forth um, um from there it was kind of a uh revolving process um as feedback came in you know i think in the end uh, between this cycle and last cycle i think west south central physically submitted seven different proposals um and, and, you know, there's probably even other variations of the proposals that we were tinkering with, thinking, thinking about that we never hit submit on. Um, I'll just be upfront and honest. Um, I know it's a topic of conversation and uh, obviously being a Pewaukee alum, I understand um, where they're coming from. It's a program I'm close to, but none of the West Dallas Central plans included Pewaukee moving to the Classic 8. That was never a part of our submitted plans. Tom? Obviously, with uh, groups like this, you know, you have a lot of ADs, a lot of people involved, and there's going to be disagreements. How, how do you work through some of those disagreements when you're trying to 
find something that everybody that works for everybody. I'm not going to say that everybody agrees upon because as we've seen over the past couple episodes, there isn't the plan that everybody agrees upon. Uh, but how did you work through some of those different things to try and get people to a spot where they could see where people were coming from and maybe find a middle ground? Yeah, so I mean, you're collecting information. You're always collecting information and, and really trying to see what could work, what may not work. And, and there's pros and cons to every plan, what may work and what may not work. And I think really the the collective group's focus was really how do we put something that most people can live with? Nobody ever really wanted to single out one conference, one school or anything like that. There were a, a lot of feedbacks from the school, please don't touch our conference. Um, but Ultimately, we're in a difficult position. Um, there are programs that have success, and, and we're looking at playoff position only, which is, hey, don't touch me. I totally respect and understand that. Um, but also, there are programs that haven't had the recent tradition of success and are looking to do different, different things. Programs as recently as us have had to cancel our varsity football season. Programs as recent as Waukesha South last year, obviously, they've had their struggles and didn't finish the year. Other programs have done it and others have considered it. So how it was really, how, how do we do this balance where we have programs that have success that, hey, everything's fine. We're in a playoff qualifying position, understand that, but don't want to move. And then how do we impact and try and keep the, the growth of football wrong? So how do we better the, the whole football growth? And, and it's really it's really two competing forces. And that's why I, I think, you know, future consideration is that, this needs to be married to all plays so that there is some sacrifice on both sides. And, and I don't think this work is done yet. We really need to drive towards all play, um, my personal opinion. And I know you guys could do a whole podcast on that, but and we will leave it at that. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. And you kind of answered my question. I mean, obviously the theme of making the playoffs is a big part of conference realignment and the theme of getting some relief, is a big part. What percentage do you think of of that of your meetings were those discussions focusing on? Well, I think you know if the feedback we got from you know those programs I said that have had some traditional success is hey you know we're comfortable where we are um, because they have a, a decent opportunity for playoff success and then there was some programs that like in West Hill Central's position. Um, we said in the WI task force, this isn't about trying to make the playoffs. Certainly it is a long-term goal of ours, but we would be naive to say that we could go from canceling a varsity football season two years ago to a playoffs overnight. We are, we are seeing growth in our numbers and we need to continue and we have work to do and we'll, we'll do that. Um, but making the playoffs is, is not something that's going to be a short-term goal for us. Um, so we were looking as well as a number of other schools simply for regular season relief was our goal weeks one through nine. And by relief, you mean being able to play teams that are more in your situation than um, some of the teams that you were being asked to play in the greater Metro conference. Yeah. Regular season relief. And, and really for, for West L central, we want the opportunity for our kids to compete. Some days that may mean a win and other days it may mean a loss, but for our kids to feel like and hope that they have an opportunity where they can be competitive. We've had a number of running clock games and that's really a, a vicious cycle where it deters kids from coming out when they know that it's going to be a running clock. It's embarrassment. We're in an information world today. 
Um, our, our kids are informed. Um, they know kids in other communities and it's a brutal world on social media. Um, so I think that all impacts and it's a vicious cycle um, that just can keep programs that haven't had the tradition success down. Again, it's not about whether we can go win five games, one game, it's just an opportunity to compete in that regular season and learn from that and truly compete on a level playing field. Tom? So when you guys were doing your work of trying to balance conferences and trying to to realign, how did you uh, go about the process of giving relief versus creating, you know, what some might put in quotations, a super conference where you really had, you know, you look at the classic eight and, and you really could form a conference there with eight teams that in any year could win a state title. But if all eight are in the same conference right now without all play, uh, three of those teams aren't making the playoffs and, and aren't even going to get a shot. How, how did you go about kind of balancing or or deciding what is what is relief versus what is unfair for other schools who maybe no longer have the shot at making the playoffs when in other years would be a level three, level four caliber type team. Yeah, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. I don't think this work is done yet for my personal seat. I think we need to move towards all play. Um, and to go to your question, Tom, and, and it's a good one. There is no perfect solution. Um, and ultimately we provided a, a bunch of different plans and, and provided options that had pros and cons to the committee um, you know, one of the things we looked at is what, what do schools normally compete in? What is their, in, in their other sports, what is the conference that they're in? Um, and, and that's why we submitted a plan that included some different schools in the class gate. Again, we did not name Pewaukee going to the class gate. Um, that, that was a committee decision and you'll have to ask them, um, to get that answer. Um, but there is no perfect solution. And that's really, I think when we were looking at this, because we were trying to provide the fairest possible we were hopeful that they would consider some paired sixes um so it would be a little more of a level playing field but the feedback um that we got is they were really looking for either paired sevens or eights and when you get in eights and you look at all the different voices it got challenging and it certainly does get challenging to provide um and it was really a goal of ours to try and provide the best option for as many people as possible and, and not trying to put any school in a, in a bad situation. Justin, I, I just a comment on, on that. And then we're going to go to Paul, but um, you know, the trend in football that I have seen, and, and obviously I've been around for a long time is that regardless of the conference you look at, you have a situation where the bottom half of the conference has little or no chance of beating any team on the top half of the conference. And, you know, there was a time when a sixth or seventh place team um, could have played a, a really tight game with a first or second place team in a conference. That simply doesn't happen anymore. Every conference almost has a situation where, you know, the, the, the teams at the top are so much better than the teams that are at the bottom of the conference, whatever conference it is, including the classic eight, you know, that that it, it's just a trend in football and it, it goes to what you're saying is you know that you know there are teams that just have intrinsic advantages perhaps over other teams that they regularly play so I, I it's sort of like a, a statewide football problem it's not 
just your conference or that con it's it's every conference is like that and you know for the life of me i have no idea you know how we get away from that kind of trend that has certainly been happening for a while now paul well you kind of alluded a little bit to what i want to say is your school able to compete in other sports or are they having this same problem in other sports and and if it is Maybe there's something that uh, needs to be done in your school, or maybe it's something with football. I don't know that. So are you having issues in other sports in your school? We certainly, we're, we're, we certainly have opportunities to grow in all of our sports, uh, and, and that, that is the reality of the situation. Um, but we feel like we have the opportunity to compete when we are in the Woodland Conference, and we play in a very tough uh, boys basketball league. We'll have two boys uh, basketball teams from the Woodland Conference um, participating in Madison this weekend. Um, but we relish the opportunity. I think football, with the uniqueness of the physicality, is a different animal. And now that we're in a football-only grouping, we we're not looking to get away from our 14-team Woodland Conference. But as I mentioned earlier, when you're looking at paired sevens and paired eights, the Woodland had to change. Right? That math doesn't make sense. Um, they could have, of course, kept us as paired sevens. Unfortunately, the WFCA did not, so we were in a different place. I know Brown Deer was moved out, um, and we were moved back um, to be with Nathan Hale, who is a full member of the Greater Metro. Um, so, yeah, there, there's some parallels. I, I think, I think, in you know, one of the, the the big things, and I think why folks are so passionate, is football does kind of it's it's the first one of the school year. It does kind of set the stage. Um, when you're in meaningful games, whether you win or lose, the school culture thrives on that. As an athletic administrator, I'm, I'm very conscious of how um, the, the school year kicks off and propels with our football, and they can truly set the stage. Um, and it, it, it impacts the whole school community. So it, it's extremely powerful in football. Be um, in a place where you have an opportunity to compete and kids want to be a part of it. Um, whether that means they're playing on the field, they're in the band, they want to support, just watch their buddies, they want to be in the student section. Um, it's a big deal on Friday nights in, in the state of Wisconsin. You mentioned West Dallas Hale, and uh, I coached for a really long time in, in uh, you know, cities that had two high schools, um, in Wauwatosa and in Brookfield. And many times when you are in a situation like that, um, any decision that you make, there, there's always like an underlying, well, what's the other school thinking? What is the other school? What do they want to do? And uh, not that you're speaking for West Dallas Hale now, um, but Greg Lucas, their athletic director, he's a very good friend of mine. I've known Greg forever. And, um, you know, how much how much give and take was there between you and Hale during this process? Um, you know, was there, I'll call it pressure from district administrators. You know, when I was at Wauwatosa East, um, we were in the Woodland Conference and that was back when, um, you know, Franklin was in there, the two Brookfield schools, the two Tosas, Greendale. I mean, it was a really good league. Cudahy was at the height of their football power powers at that time. Um, but when we got moved to the greater Metro conference in 1997, Tulsa West didn't go to the 
um, greater Metro Conference. They went to a different conference. And in fact, Tulsa West at that time chose not to play us even in a non-conference game because of the enrollment disparity between the two schools. So there was always, whatever we did, there was always this underlying, you know, what does West think about it? And I'm sure vice versa. So anyway, with that as a backdrop, um, what kind of discussions did you have with Hale or with anybody <coughs> in the district offices that somehow wanted to keep you guys in the same conference? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, Tom, when you look at, at the state of Wisconsin and, and multi-high school districts, their recent success is, is not great across multi-high schools. There may be exceptions where you see a Brookfield East or Brookfield Central make a state run. But in general, um, the multi-high school districts have really struggled, um, particularly in football. And you don't see a lot of great success across that. Um, so it's a real interesting question, obviously, with some Prairie East and some Prairie West. That will be a new one um, to kind of see how, how that um, plays out for them over the, the recent years ahead. Um, so even one of our plans that we looked at was how do we get more multi-high school districts together? Um, and this conversation really grew to be statewide. Um, I know there was a movement across the northern part of the state um, with the conference, and we had conversation with athletic directors up there across kind of what they were doing. Um, there was a push across the Fox Valley for some of that. So we tried to mirror um, some of the work that was being done in terms of multi-high school districts and kind of what they were doing um, in terms of, of that. And then, you know, obviously uh, my job is to, to advocate for what's in the best interest of student athletes at West Dallas Central. Um, so we had conversations when we attacked this two years ago, West Dallas and West Dallas Central were trying to align uh, more closely to be in the same league. Um, that was fresh off of uh, a couple of months where I also served as the interim athletic director and Greg was just getting his feet wet. Um, but this time around, you know, we, we had a conversation with Hale and kind of, hey, where do you want to go? Are we going to be married together? Um, and in our conversations, uh, Nathan Hale kind of deliberated, um, to my knowledge, and ultimately they said, you know, you do what is best for your school. And that's kind of the position that, that we've taken in our district is we have differing communities with different needs and we need to advocate for what's best for um, the students at West Dallas Central. So that's where we went with our route. Um, and really it drove from West Dallas Central's perspective and Nathan Hale chose to kind of just provide feedback um, to the process and weren't going to submit a plan. Can I ask, was there ever mention of co-oping with Hale? I mean, was that ever like seriously discussed? Yeah, I'm sure it's, it was it's, brought a, it's up. a great, great, great question. We've had the conversations to co-op. Um, the, the, the nature of the beast with the WIA is um, when we canceled varsity football, we had the, the co-op conversation in great deal. Um, it, it was ultimately a decision that our community in whole, regardless of Central or Hale, could not um, live with because you need to submit co-op in advance, a number of years in advance. So if we were to co-op that year that we um, decided to cancel varsity football with Nathan Hale, um, that co-op program would not be eligible for the playoffs. So Nathan Hale wanted to go through the season, um, which understandably so, and have their kids the opportunity to compete. Um, we did um, provide opportunities for our junior and senior student athletes that wanted to play with conference approval and WI approval. Um, those kids played JV with Nathan Hale that year, and we kept our ninth and 10th graders together with the JV. In the current environment, if we wanted to apply for a co-op, uh, it would be the next football cycle. So you'd have to really have some foresight of where it's going. 
So a co-op today is not going to solve today's problems. It would really push the can down uh, to 26, I believe, would be the first time that a school could now co-op. Paul? Uh, we have a similar situation up here. Wassa West and Wassa East are actually combining schools into one school, one sports. East has struggled, especially in football, and I think it was a driving force of why they're doing that. So there will be just one Wassa uh, sports team, um, which it was in the 60s, and then split up. So it's interesting that it not only is just a Milwaukee problem, we've seen bigger schools up here have some similar, uh, similar problems. Yeah, again, you know, coal hopping could be another podcast topic, and, and there are still schools that obviously do that. But um, Justin, that was a great explanation in terms of how co-ops work and, and how you, if you want to become a co-op and you have all those th pieces fitting together where that makes sense to do, you know, there's still a process for that. And like you said, you need a lot of foresight in, in, uh, in order to do that. Um, now that you've seen what the board of control has approved, now that you've looked at, you know, the, the, the conferences and, and especially the one that West Dallas Central is in, how do you, what are your feelings on the process now? I mean, do, do you feel like you, you, I don't see got what you wanted. That makes it sound like you're selfish or something, but you know, are you happy with how things turned out for West Dallas Central? For West Dallas Central, we were in a grouping that we feel is more like ours. Um, there's, there's some schools that have some similar struggles, um, and there's still opportunity for us to grow. Um, there certainly is is not going to be an, an easy week or an easy game or an easy opponent, but we feel like when we look across the sideline for our West Dallas Central students, there is an opportunity to compete. Whether that means a win or loss, there will be games throughout the year that our student athletes feel like, okay, tonight's the night. Maybe tonight is the night. Maybe tonight is not the night, but they can put their best on the field and feel like they got a fair shake. Paul? I, you know, Justin, through all this, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on going forward, even from the WIA proposal? Some conferences got approved, some didn't. The process, what are solutions that you think possibly we haven't looked at especially in the state of Wisconsin. I, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I'm going to sound like a broken record. I truly believe that all play needs to be married to this conversation. In every other sport in the state of Wisconsin, every team makes the playoffs. I, I talked about competing forces with um, those that have had traditional success and, and, and have sites great to the state championship. That's wonderful. Totally support that. There certainly should be. Um, those goals and then there's programs that haven't had you know that success and are looking for an opportunity to be competitive in weeks one through nine i truly believe we need to see some sacrifice from both sides and all play format that is week one through eight with an opportunity for a few schools to have a buy they can play an exhibition if they want and um, put all the teams in the playoffs certainly provide an opportunity that programs that aren't in a position are really beat up to opt out is there i really think that we would we would have a different picture. There certainly wouldn't solve all conference realignment questions, um, but I think it would minimize it and it would open possibilities across all programs instead of a, a divide between those programs that have had success and those that have struggled. Tom and then Paul. 
Does does all play? And I know we don't want to get too far into all play, but I think it's something that we're touching on. So it's it's decent time to ask a question or two about it. I will state that I am not a proponent of all play, and we're not going to dive into why I'm not today. But um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of it. But but I'm starting to warm a little bit as people talk about it. Uh, does all play open the opportunity to group people in terms of competitiveness in conferences to allow those programs to build? And without the threat of the having conferences where people aren't going to make the playoffs while being, while all teams are very strong in that, is that, is that one of the main positives there where you can play similar caliber opponents all season long without that possibility of not getting in? Absolutely. In my mind, there were schools that we were aware of that were interested in schools that would probably be in the, we've had recent success. If you look at over the last five years in that category that we're willing to join, uh, you know, whether you want to call the Classic 8 Greater Metro kind of the, the larger schools, they're willing to join either one of those leagues. Um, but understandably so, as everyone looks at their playoff position, other schools did not want to add them. Paul? Justin, I know we're talking about all play, but... I really want to focus on relief because I, I think I want to separate that from, from the other factor. Um, what do you think are the possibilities in your case? You know, obviously you didn't have a varsity program. What, what are things that people could do to provide relief that maybe isn't getting out of your conference? Are there other things that we're thinking just not doing from an administrative hat? Great question. I haven't thought of it, but I also will spin it back to you, Paul, and your expertise. I mean, how else is relief defined then during the regular season and the opportunity to compete? Well, to me, one of the things I I have a different view than most people. I, I really think six conference games and the ability to schedule three non-conference games might be a better solution to provide those teams that relief of I can at least control three games. I can go find teams that are at my level that I can build my program back up rather than playing seven games or eight games even and to the point where I can't compete, I have no control over it. To me, the more you can give each school district the ability to control their level of play, I, I think that might help them. Yeah, if if playoff criteria, you know, I, I think this this is always going to be married to the playoff criteria, right? As schools are in that position, um, if playoff criteria would look at your overall body of work, maybe like it does in some other schools. I know historically, right, it's been how you finish in your conference and have to be above 500. Um, so, it, you know, that would require a mind shift, right? Well, I, I think the two collide with each other. And like, relief is one thing making the playoffs is another thing. And I think we try to combine them too much. To me, relief means I just need to grow participation in my area, my football program. You know, actually making the playoffs is a total different thing because if you're thinking of making the playoffs, you're probably really don't need a lot of relief in your program. You just need to find competition that's probably at your level. What I mean is, you know, like in the Northern part of the state, and this is another podcast, we have an unbelievable amount of teams that are going eight-man football, and they have to. And it's not that they're not competitive. It's just that they don't have the numbers. We have a very large shrinking population in the northern part of the state. 
We have school districts that are losing enrollment like you can't imagine. And so eight-man football is a solution for them uh, to, to be able to actually play the game of football. Hey, I'm, I'm wondering if, if there aren't other things that maybe we're not thinking that schools could actually apply for relief and there's ways to solve that problem. I, Paul, are you kind of saying that, that, <clears throat> so I understand, so I can understand what you're saying, you know, eight man football, opening it up to schools. Um, because now it's based on how large your school is to play eight man. Are you suggesting that larger school should be well, allowed to play eight man football? Again, another podcast. I would like to see two divisions. Oh, in the northern part, we'd like to see two divisions of eight-man football, a smaller version and a larger version. Wasa East actually went eight-man football because they couldn't field a team to play 11-man football. They're a very large school district, but they only had like 19 guys up. Yeah. We've had teams like that with co-op, Ripple Lake Prentice, but they couldn't even field enough to field 11-man. So they both went eight-man. They can get 14 guys out, and they could still otherwise – they were, they were two schools that had just one program. Now they're going to be two schools that have separate programs and, and playing football. Again, to me, relief for that situation is about giving kids opportunities to play football. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's ever been, and I can't speak for everybody in southeast Wisconsin or southern Wisconsin, but um, you know, the question of eight-man football, the only time that it's come up that I've seen is a discussion I've had with the city conference people um, and, you know, some of the more veteran coaches in the city conference have said to me that they think eight man football is something that some of the schools in the Milwaukee city conference should consider because that's where they're at with numbers and so on. But you're right, Paul, this is a, you know, another topic for another podcast at some point in the future. And we certainly will talk about that. Gentlemen, we're starting to get towards the end of our uh, preferred length of, of podcast, but I'm just wondering if, you know, Paul or Tom or, or Justin, any last words before I kind of uh, uh, get things uh, going here? Has anybody got anything? Tom? I just really appreciate, Justin, your willingness to come on because it's not uh, it's not easy to be the face of something like this, and not everybody is always um, – willing to put their you know put their face and their voice behind something that isn't always super popular with everybody but uh, it sounds like you've done a good job of of trying to mediate and trying to find things that everybody can agree on and understanding what's best for everybody's programs and and that that there's different things that are important for everybody's programs that not everybody's in the same spot so i appreciate your willingness to to head that up down in your area but also to share with us so that our everybody that's listening kind of understands that this is not a simple problem to solve. I think that's the the hardest thing for everybody to wrap their head around, especially when you get, like you talked about the social media realm where people look and they say, well, if we just did this for our program, it would fix it. But you don't always realize that doing that for your program then does something for five or six other programs that they, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily work for them. So I think that you do a really good job of, of mediating that. Paul? Yeah, I'd like to echo Justin also. Thank you. And again, this is probably topic discussions we should have had four or five years ago. Um, I appreciate the viewpoints and that's what we have. I don't like the fact that some people won't accept people's viewpoints um, because they're always worried about their own situation. Um, I think the entire 
idea of what we started this podcast for was to better football. And that means people are in different positions. And how do we give kids opportunities? And how do we give school districts opportunities to be successful and success can be measured in different ways. But I appreciate your willingness and your effort and continue to keep building. And, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to, it takes time. Justin, I, I want to say the, the same kind of thing. Um, you know, I thank you for coming on. I commend you for um, how you went about your business with this. You were totally transparent. You invited everybody, even, you know, people who weren't thinking about relief or playoffs or whatever. You gave them the opportunity to weigh in. And, um, you know, many chose probably not to, you know, but you gave them that opportunity to participate. And perhaps we can have you back on when we discuss all play, because you and I had a great discussion about all play um, recently. So, um, again, thank you very much, Justin, and, you know, best of luck. Well, I appreciate the time and, and I really enjoyed the podcast and the opportunity. You know, the approach for us was really to try and educate so that many voices could be heard. Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, we recognize that nobody was going to be happy. but. Um, when I, when, when, when I go about it, I have to, you know, kind of try and find the best solution, but also at the end of the day, West South Central is, is where I have to advocate as everyone, everyone does, but we, we did the best that we could. And ultimately the decision was the committees and we provided the information that we had available to them. Um, wish you guys the best of luck with the podcast and thanks again. Thank you very much. Uh, Tom and Paul, thank you so much for everything that you guys you know, continuously contribute to the podcast. Um, we're going to uh, highlight the clinic in our next one. And, uh, you know, that that's uh, something that's coming up at the end of the month here and is always, I call it a celebration of football. And we have an opportunity very shortly to, to do exactly that. And with that being said, uh, to all our loyal listeners, and I know we've got a bunch, um, if, if there's anything you want to see us uh, cover in the podcast, any questions, comments, uh, never hesitate to reach out to myself or to Paul or to Tom. We'd be happy to talk to you and, and listen to your thoughts on the podcast. So with that, good night, everyone.